You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Alhamdulillah, min al-shaytan rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim Yes, at that time of the evening, will you join us on uh, Truthful News? And inshallah, we hope and pray that on Truthful News, uh, we're giving you substance. We're giving you value for your living. For every second, you're taking a pint of air. How much do you pay for it? It's not pay as you go. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you, gives it to us for mahala, for free. And the only thing you have to do is, yeah, Allah loves those that ponder. Allah loves those that think. Allah loved Ibrahim alayhi salam because he was a thinker. He thought deeply and he looked at the sun, he looked at the moon, he looked at the stars and he questioned and he questioned. Till he said, these are the creations of my Lord. And I don't like things that sit and do this and that. There has to be a higher power. And in that, he became the friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The same thing is happening around us in this dunya. All around us, we're being duped. We've been taken for a ride. Are we accuencing in silence? Are we letting our, ourselves be caught with the backwash of lies, the backwash of propaganda, the backwash of deceit? Are we allowing our minds to be sold for a pittance? Think about it. We as Muslims, we should be enjoining good and forbidding evil. We as Muslims should be fighting oppression till there is no more oppression. And there's this young man. Yes, he goes around and he's telling the whole world. First, he starts off with his own countrymen. He says, countrymen, lend me your ear. Show me the virus. Show me the virus. Yes, that's Ricardo Marman. Raid Marman. He's telling them, show me the virus. And recently, people, if you watch the type of people he's challenging, most of them are in position of power. I wonder whether it's what baby powder or baby power. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Or gunpowder. I don't know what type of gunpowder they have. But it sounds like the bark. They are more barking than, than uh, more thinking done. Let's welcome him and welcome a pious and sagacious ummah with a hearty. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Raid Marman. Yes, from the Show Me the Virus. Yeah. From the Show Me the Virus campaign. Show Me the Virus. And people are still showing you the virus. And they can't show you the virus. So what they do? When you hit the challenge, you're going to tell us what's happening, who you're challenging, and uh, how you're really enjoying taking on forces that are sinning against their own intelligence. This is allegedly sinning against their own intelligence. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And Raid, how are you doing this fine, beautiful evening? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khairan for the, for the warm welcome uh, in the introduction. Uh, I'm doing very well. Um, how are you doing? Um, and I also want to say uh, thank you again. You know, it's, a, it's always a pleasure and an honor to speak to you uh, and to speak to your esteemed uh, audience as well. How are you doing? Alhamdulillah. Uh, you know, Alhamdulillah, and as I say, and as you say, you know, when we speak the truth, you feel the truth shall uh, set you free. And, you know, can't be feeling better because, you know, we're ready for it. We're ready to meet our maker and our creator. And I hope and pray uh, right, that when we meet our creator, that we'll be someone that will be documented as those that, that took on the Ba'athil forces. Those uh, that are tried uh, to, I mean, we human beings, we have... We are not infallible, we're fallible, but we try to the best of our, uh, of our ability to do what was right. And uh, 
I must thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for bringing a, uh, you know, a brother like you in my life. And, you know, alhamdulillah. And uh, hopefully I'm known as someone that always fought against oppression. I was always known as someone uh, befriending those that were oppressed. And I hope and pray that Allah keeps me on the straight and narrow and that when I meet him, I'll be documented as those uh, that uh, serve the deen for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I hope and pray that one day when we go to the real world in the world of uh, our creator, that you, you, uh, Raid, will be a witness and say, Ya Allah, yes, I call Shafat. And within a few, uh, <laughs> within an hour, he told me, come, let's speak the truth. Raid, the platform is yours. Bismillah. Jazakallah uh, khairan, brother. I'm saying ameen uh, to your dua for both of us. Uh, I think uh, that's what is important. Uh, is not that the falsehood that is being thrown at us, uh, but how do we respond to it? And not that we we are the uh, sort of the epitome of truth and all of that, but it is important for people to understand that we have to be sincere, that uh, if we know the truth, we must speak it, we must show it. Uh, and if we have gone astray, if we have made a mistake and other people highlight it to us, then we shouldn't be too proud and too arrogant to admit and to apologize, you know, that uh, uh, when you have made an error. And this is part of what we are doing now, as you've explained here. We're asking people uh, to show us uh, the virus because so far no proof of the virus has been shown. And there has been many people, uh, very powerful people involved in ensuring that the country is locked down, that people take vaccinations, that people adhere to this. And uh, they have gone to all the stops uh, to ensure this is done. And what people must understand as well, and this is part of, of what we are doing, and maybe I'll explain who we've been challenging. But people must understand that Cabal is a small group of very evil people that are, are doing these things. And they would not be able to do them if they didn't have some kind of cooperation from us or some complicitness from us, where people amongst us who, you know, who are amongst us help the Cabal. And uh, that we, in the majority, fall for the tricks and the deceit of the Kabbal. Without this, uh, they would not be able to uh, to have us uh, where we are. And so this is part of the, the reason for the debate challenge, uh, so that we can get to the truth. And and then, and we, we, we make a challenge to people no in no uncertain terms, because we want people's minds to be struck a little bit. We want people to feel, you know what, we need to teach this Ricardo a lesson. Uh, and we need to just present the proof so that he can be shut up once and for all. So we want that. I want to be proven wrong here. And I want these people to come forward. And I want them not to be in any doubts as to uh, what I'm asking or what is going on here. Uh, because the truth is simple and clear. And they have to either show it or they have to correct themselves or they have to apologize to the public. Uh, but uh, either way, we have to get to the bottom of the story. So that is the... Uh, the purpose of the debate challenge. We, as you say, we were asking people to show us the virus and we're asking people who have had some leadership role to play in ensuring that uh, this fake pandemic is orchestrated on the people. And so now today we are, you know, we are asking some religious leaders and I'll explain why we are asking them. But just to maybe give you a recap on, on some of the people that we've asked already and uh, what has been the responses there. Uh, we have asked uh, Panda, uh, Nick Hudson from Panda. Um, they've advocated early treatment for COVID-19. Uh, and they've made obviously all other sorts of statements that could imply that they 
are of the view that the virus exists. And so we ask them, please provide proof of this. And um, their position was that they were not going to accept my debate challenge. And they replied that uh, I should prove that the virus doesn't exist. Uh, you know, we've, we've gone into that in terms of that sort of trying to shift the burden of proof and all kinds of problems related to that. You make a claim, you need to prove it. But that's uh, Panda's position there from uh, Mr. Nick Hudson. Uh, also, the Red List, uh, we've approached the Red List, which is another organization fighting, saying they are fighting for, you know, uh, the resistance against this tyranny. And we've asked them the same question. They also say early treatment. Uh, they also speak, you know, about the virus, etc. And their position is quite, you know, similar to Mr. Nick Hudson, that I should prove it doesn't exist, which is a crazy position, as you can uh, imagine. Uh, and, and then um, uh, Dr. Rapiti, Dr. Rapiti has, has uh, clarified his position, and he has explained that uh, he's not a virologist, he's a clinician. So he, when he speaks about the virus and that sort of thing, he was uh, speaking to the symptoms and uh, saying that he rather treats the symptoms, and he does not have any proof. Bottom line, he does not have any proof that the virus exists, and he's not making such a claim, and therefore we didn't need to uh, debate the issue. Um, the others, very important ones, you know, before I forget, the important one is, is Professor Karim himself. Now, people must remember the current challenge that we issued to Professor Karim, he did not respond to us. Uh, I have his email address. We sent it to him. Uh, Professor Karim, this is not the first time we challenged him. We challenged him last year in a court case. And in that time, he told us that uh, he doesn't work there anymore. And so he's not going to answer such questions, you know, whether... Uh, to give proof of the existence of the virus or not. Um, so this is where we're standing at the moment. We've asked a lot of prominent people to show us the virus, and so far, no proof is forthcoming. And uh, I can assure you a lot of people are upset of what I'm saying. I've heard the rumors and things going around. So people are very angry, and if they could, they would really try to, to humble me here or humiliate me. But so far, they can't come forward and show the proof. So that's where we are at the moment, uh, brother. Now, Raida, you talk about many people being angry with you. And, you know, here we had an epidemiologist uh, uh, that took a different stance after looking at the whole thing. And, you know, there was initially when uh, this uh, whole uh, vax thing came out, uh, these uh, pharmaceutical companies uh, made a statements like, you know what, uh, we are not responsible of all the side effects that will take place. And, uh, you know, there's no guarantee about this. And now there's a, a you know, so much of information coming through, right, that it says uh, that uh, people that have taken this and the death rate, in in, in fact, has increased. And, uh, you know, people are giving you the proof. You know, the Quran says, burhanukum in kuntum Bring me your proof if you're truthful. And it seems as if, uh, you know, these uh, lockdown regulations too have been opened up and becoming more lenient. And uh, courts in America and different states uh, you know, saying, okay, you don't have to put masks on and you don't have to do social distancing and all this. Would you say that uh, that m movement of uh, anti-vaxxers are gaining the upper ground now, right? I would, I would uh, you know, not necessarily characterize it like that because the, the problem is the, the core problem still is there. So uh, you are, we are still, you are still, Although the anti-vax movement in large part would say, look, we are against the vaccinations, uh, but you must understand uh, the, vac the vaccination drive is pushed by the whole virus drive. 
So now they move on to a monkeypox virus, etc. Uh, and they do offer other treatments as well besides the vaccination. And so I believe, yes, uh, there's a lot of people becoming aware of this uh, to some degree, and there is a lot of success there. But the problem is we haven't uprooted the, uh, the core of the problem. And just to give you an example here, brother, that one of the people that we, or many of the people that we've challenged to the debate challenge are people who, you know, who say they are anti-vaxxers and uh, opposing these things. And when we've asked them for proof of the virus, uh, they become very aggressive or they become, you know, uh, say I should prove it and they sort of statements. And I'll give you an example of how the battle is sort of half won. So yes, people have come forward and people say we are against the vaccinations. There's an organization, there's a, you know, Miss um, Shabna Muhammad. I think she's the, uh, you know, one of the leaders of the World Council on Health, another group that we have challenged uh, for the debate challenge. Now, they are against the vaccinations, but they offer alternative treatment uh, for the so-called virus. Um, and this alternative treatment that they give, just to give you an idea of how we've won the battle halfway, it includes a transgender drug. So... The World Council on Health and their partners, they are saying no, no, no to the vaccine, but they are offering a transgender drug to, to treat COVID-19, a drug that, uh, you know, transitions or changes the gender from male to female. And the other one that they are offering is uh, a drug, a psychotic drug that uh, can give you suicidal ideations or ideas to kill yourself. And this is uh, part of the treatment. So you see what I mean here? So. They are saying no uh, to the vaccine. Yes, there is a deadly virus, an alternative treatment that has its own set of very big problems. So that is what I mean here by the battle is sort of half one day. I don't know if you understand what I mean. I mean, the bottom line is uh, transgender and this and that's happening. What is this? I mean, it actually, you know, you're challenging uh, a divine decree. I mean, a divine decree has laid down rules, what you should do and what you should not do. And if you read the Noble Quran, you can see even the Bible has this. What happened to the nation of Lot and what were they doing? Yeah, you know, we've got our answers. But, you know, I noticed that uh, I'm looking at your composite here and you've got it uh, beautifully made there. And uh, there it says, Ricardo. Yes, I'm going to read it loudly for you, uh, uh, Raid. And it says, uh, Ricardo has invited Sheikh Irfan Abraham's MJC, Molana Ibrahim Baum, Jusa, and Archbishop Thabo Mokabwa, uh, uh, let me get that name right, Makoba, uh, SACC, to a uh, public debate. Places of worship were shut down and turned into vac centers. Scriptures were interpreted to sanctify the vax. Religious leaders are led by example to uh, the vax. Was this blind faith or were they shown the virus? If so, they must show us the virus. Well, you got a live streaming coming up, inshallah, on uh, that will be Sunday, 19 June at 8 p.m. But, uh, you know, these are names you have uh, mentioned there. You highlight, uh, highlighted them uh, boldly. And uh, these are some of the figures that, uh, you know, are really, uh, what do you call them, uh, are motivators for the communities. And uh, some of them are recognized uh, throughout the world. Uh, talk to us about uh, you, how you go around identifying leaders and uh, people that you want, uh, you know, to talk to you and to show you the um, virus, uh, uh, right? Yeah, thank you for that, uh, 
Look, indeed, there's, like I say, the, the criteria here is, were you in a position of leadership, a position of trust, where um, if something comes into South Africa that threatens the society here, threatens the interest of South African people, then there's a few people who need to be to block such a thing happening. You know, we're supposed to we look up to certain leaders to protect us. And so this is the criteria of, of why I ask a certain group of people to do this. Were you in a position uh, that you had enough power to, to ask a question, uh, to ask for investigation, to request information? And were you in a position to encourage or discourage people who believe in you from adhering or not to this? Uh, and so were you basically in a position where you were holding uh, some people's lives in your hands in the country. So this is the reason why I challenge certain people. And so for these religious leaders, um, we must remember that they are leaders with very large uh, congregations, uh, very great influence that they have. And they've, as I said, they've been entrusted with a stewardship uh, responsibility and position in the country. And they are at such a risk where they could easily be used directly or indirectly, knowingly or unknowingly, uh, to appeal to authority, to use this uh, mechanism for deceit, which is appeal to authority. If the uh, Maulana has said so, then I will go with it. If the reverend has said so, then I will go with it. I believe in the reverend. I believe in the Maulana. I don't have to, to look at the facts myself. So this is the reasons why we are you know, asking these people questions. And of course, they have done certain things, you know, <clears throat> I'm sure you can, you know, there's a lot of information flowing around that masjids were closed on the, for the reason that, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a virus going around, according to them. Um, churches were closed. The way people performed their uh, worship was changed because of this. Um, you know, pastors and uh, ulama, they, were, they, 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 they went through the scripture. They looked through the Quran, the Hadith, they looked through the Bible, etc., and they found their justification for the position that is held by the government as far as this is concerned. Now, what I'm asking is, because they have done all of these things, what informed them? Why did they do this? What kind of information did they have? Because, quite frankly, they cannot say that they just went along, because uh, the people trust them. Uh, the people believed in them, and uh, when they say something, the people believe that they might have done some or other due diligence. Now, I'm not saying that they haven't done so. They might very well have done so, but I'm saying, let us now see what you have done. Now, I know people will say to me, these are not virologists, Ricardo, so why are you asking them? I'm saying, yes, they are not virologists, but they stepped into that place when they started using scripture and closing masjids and saying that, you know, endorsing this kind of thing. So surely before they go on to the fact to look for hadith and things like that to justify their position, surely they would have investigated or questioned these virologists and said, Mr. Virologist, why are you saying there's a deadly virus? What is your proof, etc.? Before I go to my people and I tell them, because for years we told them to worship in a certain way that God wants that. And now I'm going to change that based on your word. This is a serious change. So, Mr. Virologist, give me the proof. And especially in case someone like Ricardo comes and asks me, uh, Maulana, Reverend, where's your proof uh, for what you are doing? So that is the reason 
uh, why we are asking these people. And I'll go into more detail in terms of, you know, their specific uh, power positions that they hold, but I'm sure many people do recognize their names. Now, you know, have you uh, been invited uh, uh, by church groups or, you know, uh, other religious groups to come and address them, uh, uh, right? You know, you know how uh, uh, welcoming have uh, different people been uh, to you? Or do you find yourself, you know what, I'm uh, f- swimming against a, a tide of, uh, you know what, uh, those that control the one percenters, they've got everything watertight. How do you react to that? Uh, look, I, I've not been invited, uh, you know, to address, uh, uh, you know, religious group, churches, mosques, or anything like that. Unfortunately, um, the position that we hold is not very popular. Uh, people, for some reason or the other, do not want to be asked to to show the virus or to be given proof. And um, more or less, I mean, you've seen the compliance of the South African population here, more or less. And this kind of compliance have gotten because more or less all of the leaders in the country have gone with this, the media, etc. And uh, none of them are interested in hearing this perspective. And so far, I mean, no one has accepted our debate challenge, for example. So unfortunately, it reflects the state of affairs of the country. My view is that the country is more or less uh, completely subverted, uh, meaning it's been infiltrated with foreign people and foreign ideas, and it's been turned on its head. And this is part of the way in which we're going to get to the bottom of that is uh, is to ask this kind of question. And you see, the thing is, these religious leaders have to come forward and they have to say, these are the reasons that we made these decisions. Okay, we considered this, we considered the other. We asked the virologists these questions. They gave us this evidence. And that's why we believe that this or we thought that this was a good thing to do. If that is the kind of communication we get from them, then yes, maybe we can then say, you know, they're not subverted. They made an honest mistake, etc. But uh, if they are not forthcoming with such kind of explanations or they don't have them, then we will have to consider if, if it was not the truth and not the facts that drove their decisions, then it must have been some other influence. And if that other influence was not based on truth and fact, then it's a malign influence. Uh, it's an influence that we now need to be aware of uh, and we need to deal with as a community uh, uh, head on. Um, maybe at this point, I just want to explain to people why, you know, another reason why it's important for us to get to the bottom of why did our religious leaders uh, find the need to throw their moral support and moral power behind this? Because you see, every religious leader Christian leader, Muslim, Jewish leader, etc. Every religious leader or every person where people look to them and say that this is a man of God speaking the word of God and I am a servant of God devoted to that, that religious leader um, has a temptation always and they need to fight that temptation. And that temptation is that business people can approach that religious leader and if that religious leader is prepared to interpret scripture, to change things, to wield his influence, uh, to make that business person's product more uh, attractive. Say, you know, uh, say that this product, God wants you to use this product. I'm a religious leader and I'm telling you, and you must buy it from that person. That can be very profitable. If, if a religious leader falls for that temptation, 
it can be a very, very profitable uh, a trade for him. The same if a politician approaches a religious leader and, and somehow manages to corrupt him, and that religious leader then turns around and say that what this man is commanding you to do, this politician, is what God wants you to do. And this politician is, 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 is blessed by God or chosen by God. That gives the politician enormous amount of power. And the religious leader can share in that kind of power. So these are the temptations that are always there. And it is important for people to understand that when, our, when it comes to our religious leaders and institutions, this is a constant problem. And uh, as a community and as religious leaders, we have to be on the guard for this because you can fall for this problem knowingly and unknowingly, intentionally or just purely because you were duped uh, uh, into the situation. So that is uh, an important point. I just wanted to make there, Shafar. No, absolutely brilliant, uh, Raid. And, uh, you know, as you said, uh, imagine, imagine, Raid, uh, selling your dunya for the akhirah. I mean, if you're going to get into that and if you're a religious leader and if Allah has given you, I mean, how people chase money. I was, whilst you're talking, uh, you know, I had a flashback of uh, even Tabu Mbeki, you know, when he was in power, this is when the HIV and the, uh, you know, AIDS thing came into the fore. And uh, Tabu Mbeki didn't take it seriously. And he says, no, these are all manufactured in the laboratories of uh, the American, uh, you know, and so forth and so forth. And you know what happened? His health minister said, no, I'll have my sweet potato. I'll have my radish and so forth. So uh, those um, people that were, you know, pushing forward the HIV and AIDS agenda were having a rough time with the Mbeki administration. And then you found uh, that uh, Zuma came into power. And, you know, Zuma's uh, favorite one, uh, Raid. He said, I have a shower. That's what's good enough. So, they, you know, the, uh, the cartoonist went to town with that shower story of his. And then you had um, our good friend, Sir uh, uh, Ramaphosa, coming to the fore. And as a leader of this country, uh, he bought the whole virus thing. He bought the whole, uh, you know, uh, COVID thing. Hook, line and sink. Uh, sink. Uh, he's the one that ushered in uh, the news to the country. And then you notice that uh, the amount of money that his ministers made and perhaps he put up, uh, you know, the, the farm gate, the dollar gate. God only knows how much of money he made of that besides selling his cattle and uh, his game. But it seems as if when this, uh, you know, COVID-19 was ushered into the dunya, uh, lots of unscrupulous leaders made billions out of it uh, with the pharmaceuticals and so forth. Can you imagine what they were making, uh, uh, Raid? No, definitely. I mean, there's a, 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 a when you have this kind of conspiracy going on against the people, there's all there's the motivations are invariably money and power, and, and when you have this kind of thing, a network of deceit operating on such a nationwide scale with presidents and uh, you know important leaders involved, then you can imagine the magnitude of money and the magnitude of power uh, that's up for grabs. You know that that's unfortunately the situation. And uh, I, to be honest with you, it's a twofold situation here. When you are being subverted, meaning when someone is penetrating your country and infiltrating it with foreign ideas and, and, and trying to convince you, entice you uh, to lead to your own destruction, because you must see what's going on here now. Using leaders, and uh, we are going to now find out whether the religious leaders were used in this thing or not, or whether they made a mistake, or whether they have proof of a virus. We will find that out. 
But when you have all of these people involved here yeah, in a machinery of deceit, it's not only them that we have to, to blame for what is going on. We must also blame ourselves. How did we get ourselves so, uh, you know, being fooled and lied to here? What happened? What did we not do? And part of what we didn't do is uh, accountability. You see, the problem that we have in this country is uh, for a long time now, and it's, and it's the problem of each and every one of us, is that we have not done our duty to hold people accountable. We've seen the potholes, we've seen the deterioration in morals, uh, we have seen the gay pride marches all the time, we've seen our children being sexualized at school, we have seen abortions, you know, going crazy in the country. And what have we done? We, 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 we never stood up and say, hey, we want accountability. Why, why is this happening? Why is our country moving in this direction? Why are things looking like this? And so accountability starts with asking the questions, asking the tough questions. And it doesn't matter who this question is directed to, uh, we must ask them. And that is unfortunately something that we have to look at our face, uh, you know, look at in the mirror as people, as Muslims, as uh, everyone. We must look at ourselves and say, what have we done? You know, how have we become so uh, deceived here? Because the problem that we have now, and I will repeat this, that since I have started this challenge, the amount of people who have come forward to me and say, oh, don't do that. You know, that, that, that is a nice person. I like that person. I'm saying I'm not doing anything. I'm asking a question. And uh, it doesn't matter whether, you know, the person is too loved to be asked that question or too feared. And other people have told me, Ricardo, now you're going too far. You know, these people are going to silence you or get rid of you. That cannot be the way that we should operate as a society. We have to value the truth, because if we don't value the truth, then we will be deceived by lies. And we have to hold accountable our loved ones, ourselves. Uh, and we must not let our love and mercy and that sort of thing stop us from pursuing the truth, even to those near to us. And even if it is against us, even if we are to be found to be the liars uh, or the ones who are mistaken, we must not be afraid and we must not back down. And even if it is people that we hate uh, or people that is, uh, you know, uh, powerful or the government, we must uh, not back down from the truth. And if we uh, let go of the truth, then it becomes easier to deceive us. And in a game of deception, you must look at the fraudster or the person who is trying to lie and deceive. But you must also cast your attention to the ones who have been deceived uh, as to how difficult or easy have they made this deception on themselves. Yeah, and uh, you know, you are there and you're saying this uh, loudly and proudly. If you can prove me wrong, and I'm, I will apologize if you can prove me wrong, but show me the virus. I'm going to read this uh, paragraph uh, for you, and I need you to comment on this. It says, uh, no need uh, for that anymore. After today's ruling, uh, universal vaccination overruled in a great victory for freedom. The U.S. Uh, Supreme Court overruled, uh, overturned uh, universal vaccination. U.S. infectious uh, disease specialist Bill Gates and uh, Anthony Fauci and Big Pharma lost a uh, U.S. Supreme Court lawsuit by failing to prove that all of the vaccines over the last uh, 32 years were safe uh, for your health or of your children. The lawsuit was uh, brought by a group of scientists led by Senator Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who said the new COVID vaccine 
must be avoided at all costs. He urgently drew uh, your attention to important issues related to, to the upcoming vaccination against COVID-19. For the first time in history uh, of a vaccination, the so-called next generation of mRNA vaccines directly interfere with the patients and so forth and so forth. Uh, there had been a court case and uh, this big farmer and uh, they lost the case. What happened to that story? And, uh, you know, it's something that will add uh, strongly to your case, uh, you know, where you are making a bold statement, uh, right? Look, I, th I think that is a, it's a good thing and it's a good development there. I think our case is a bit different because um, you see, even if even if mandatory vaccinations are, are stopped, which is a good thing, we must not underestimate at all uh, the value of that. But we must also care about um, voluntary vaccination is just as a big problem. Uh, so if people are duped into believing there's a dangerous virus and they, are, they don't have exposure to proper information, uh, they will still go and vaccinate themselves with harmful things and, and they will succumb to that. So we must also care for those people um, and we must fight, you know, whether, whether people succumb to falsehood, uh, you know, whether they choose it and it's harmful for them, uh, we must fight against that. So I'm saying, yes, it's good that the mandatory, that there's a victory. I, I'm not too familiar with this, but what you're saying to me, it's good in that regard that people cannot be forced, but uh, it mustn't end there. We must care for those who, uh, who are duped into taking it voluntarily. And secondly, we must also consider, like I say to you, vaccinations is not our only problem. Um, and in this, and it's not only the COVID vaccination that is our problem. So first, it's not only vaccinations that are our problem, and it's not only the COVID vaccinations that are our problem. We must look at these things deeply. Uh, there's also many of the people who are against mandatory vaccinations and who are saying that they are against some of the vaccinations are pro these kind of other toxic and terrible treatments. Like I say to you, the organization that uh, Shabna Muhammad is part of, the World Council for Health, they say they are opposing the World Health Organization and they are against vaccinations, but they are recommending for COVID, transgender drugs, um, um, psychotic drugs. Uh, so this is also a problem. And then, of course, the idea is people are still afraid of the viruses that the underlying virus and, and we still have to go to that point and say, is there reason to fear? Is there reason to fear, uh, which then necessitates which choices you have to make, either a vaccine uh, or you are forced into a vaccine uh, or you're taking it because you are afraid and you're duped into it, or you're taking a transgender drug because you want to save your life of COVID. We, it's a good one, but we have to go a little bit further because there is still more dangers and problems that are lurking there. Now, right, uh, whilst, uh, you know, uh, listening to you, pool of thoughts come through because you have a way of stimulating the mind also. You know, when you look at uh, when they ushered in the, this COVID-19, the whole world was stunned into silence. And, uh, you know, they gave you the whole roll down and this is going to happen on so many days later. And uh, this month you're going to have this uh, strain coming through and that month you're going to get that. And then you have to take the first shot, the second shot, the third shot and all that. And I don't think that they expected the opposition and uh, some of the vaccination or the vaccine, uh, you know, that they had going stale and going, uh, you know, not working on people and so forth and people not taking the boosters and this and that. 
And suddenly, suddenly the goalpost changes. Um, they can't push the agenda forward very you know, quickly enough so that they can get hold of mankind into one world uh, disorder. And then they bring in other scenarios. As you said, the monkeypox came in. But before that, another important event people should not forget is that Ukraine, the invasion, you know, the making Russia the boogeyman for the whole uh, Ukrainian thing. And there too, there is an agenda. You are with us or you're against us. And, you know, you look at a person like Imran Khan, uh, you know, when uh, this uh, vaccination came thing or the COVID-19 came through and he said, no, 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 I won't. I will not have lockdown in the country. I will, you know, people will, uh, it must be the survival of the fittest and this is how we carry on. But his economy, you know, thrived and so forth. He, he really brought Pakistan to a level where the airlines was uh, voted the best airlines. Tourism, they were the number one uh, tourist uh, destination. Uh, he did so many other good things. But because he took on uh, these, uh, you know, the so-called superpower of the day and, you know, was, uh, didn't show uh, them respect, according to them, because he went and met Putin to do a deal for his country where he wanted oil at a, at a, at a subsidized price, wheat and so forth. And uh, they, they replaced him with people that are, you know, uh, that, uh, that are standing trial for being frauds and uh, for money laundering and uh, many other things for actually depriving the Pakistani people of their rightful, uh, you know, uh, uh, money, which they could use for the benefit of the entire population. How do you read into this, um, uh, you know, Raid? Because you are someone, the mashallah, that, uh, that is very level-headed. And how do you uh, react to this? Yeah, yeah. No, as you say, you know, you raise quite uh, complex issues there. I'm not too familiar with the details of, uh, of what happened in Pakistan, but... Uh, what, what I want to do is is just to raise a few issues in which I would suggest, uh, you know, people, the lens through which people should look at what is going on in the world at the moment here. The very first thing I want to explain to people is that uh, there is a war being waged against humanity here. And uh, the, the, one of the main weapons of this war is lies, lies, lies and deceit. And, and the idea here is to deceive people. And so when you are in the middle of such a war of, of deception, uh, you have to be careful. You have to then uh, question everything that is going on around you. And you have to find a criterion. <clears throat> Excuse me. You have to find a criterion of how you are going to distinguish between truth and falsehood. Because there's a war waged against you for falsehood. Now, let's, let's just take a scenario here, and since we're speaking about politics, just to give you an idea, and then people can maybe see how they can use this as an analogy to understand the other situations around the world, some of which you've mentioned here. Look what's happening now in, uh, in South Africa. Uh, a few years ago, uh, this president that we have now, President Ramaphosa, was touted to be the hero with his new dawn and all of these things that came in. And uh, the media was saying he's a businessman. Okay, he's a businessman. That's what the media was saying. He's a businessman, and he's too rich to steal. Okay, that's the idea that we, the propaganda that we got. He's too rich to steal, uh, and he's a, a full-blown hero, etc. Uh, and the same media got, uh, you know, help to get rid of the former president. Almost every president was 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 taken down by the media like this. Okay, and so now people were under the impression at that stage that president, former president Zuma is the, the worst thing ever to happen to the country. And uh, as long as we can just get rid of him and get someone else. 
And here was President Ramaphosa replaced uh, him, and our country has been in a worse situation. And now the same story is playing. So we were deceived. People were deceived of this country. Okay. Now the same scenario is playing out again. Uh, you must understand. Now Ramaphosa, there's a lot of things that his hands are in that is probably much worse than this uh, $4 million under his mattress. Okay. So, for example, the Maracana issue. Uh, for example, in the um, Zondo Commission, there was mentioned about... Uh, his, his involvement with Glencore and, you know, in, in the state capture issue. Uh, and for me now, probably the biggest problem, he has shut down this country. He has vaccinated half of its population and he cannot show me a virus. We've been fighting in court for all this time. I mean, that is enormous. Uh, now, the media is uh, wants to get uh, rid of him uh, or replace him because I think they are, you know, working quite closely together. But now... And I'm sure now the feelings in this country is whoever, if Ramaphosa goes, it's a good thing. So the public in this country feels that somehow what is happening now is their feelings, their interest being done by the media. And I would warn people, please, that is not the case. The media is part of deceiving and lying to you. And they're saying now, now what's going to happen is there's going to be a new leader that is going to be pushed instead of him. And you know what's going to happen? The people of South Africa are going to feel that a real change has happened and the new leader, they will give him a window of period of time. And uh, if I am correct that the new leader might also be a cabal person, then he will have a little bit more free hand to lead the country even deeper into the problem, as you've seen what happened previously. So, so the point I'm saying, uh, my brother here, is people must be careful. Uh, if if something is, there's a war of deception, if a certain narrative is pushed in the mainstream media and is, 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 is pushed so heavily, be careful. Always ask the question, is this a deception? Are they trying to deceive me? Where are they trying to lead us? And look back and see what uh, uh, the other deceptions that are happening. Every political event that is taking place around the world, uh, this is orchestrated. There is a, a, a hidden agenda, and that agenda is not in the interest of the people. And when you find that the people's interest or the people, what the people think uh, is their interest, aligns with the mainstream media narrative, then the people have been deceived. Simple as that. Um, so that, that's what I would like people just to understand and to consider carefully about all of these political events that are taking place. But because I understand this one in South Africa quite well, uh, this is what I think is happening, and people should consider this as a template for how to interpret uh, these events uh, everywhere. You know, uh, you make a lot of sense uh, if you look at uh, how uh, Cyril Ramaphosa came into uh, power and how he bought his way through uh, to being the president of this country, and lots and lots of money came, yes, possibly from the cabal. And uh, then you looked at uh, Jacob Zuma, he did uh, quite a few things Right. He was a very anti-cabal, they say. And uh, he never allowed Americans uh, to open bases in South Africa and so forth. You remember the 2010 World Cup, there were noise being made that there'll be bombs uh, thrown into the soccer stadium and beware ISIS crisis and this one is around and that group is around. Uh, Zuma said nothing to worry about. We had all that under control. And it seems as if it seems as if that uh, Jacob Zuma I mean, they have dirt on everyone. 
So they found the, the, the Gupta story on him and they blamed everything on, uh, on Jacob Zuma. Whereas when you look at uh, the amount of money that's being stolen presently, uh, maybe, you know, it's more than what he had uh, stolen. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, Ramaphosa's uh, men and, you know, what he has done is, uh, I mean, it's shocking. I mean, no one should steal. I mean, not justifying what Zuma did. But if you look around the world, I mean, most of the world governments are complicit in, uh, you know, taking sums and huge sums of money from uh, the coffers of the state, uh, uh, you know, uh, right. How do you how do you respond to that? Yes, it's uh, what you mentioned. It's it's quite a big problem, you know. That um, it, it, you know, we, we've we've had a succession here in South Africa of this line of deception that you're mentioning here. You can go all the way back uh, to, uh, you know, in the apartheid days as well. How the people there were deceived into who are the enemies, what is the problem, what is going to come next, and uh, you know, after the the 1994. That will be the new thing. People got all excited uh, and the people were deceived. Uh, and then from their successive presidencies, uh, people were deceived. But the same story. The media gets the people excited about freedom in 1994. And then uh, when the media hype settles and we realize we've been taken for a ride. And um, then people got excited, you know, Zuma must fall. Uh, and then we see the problem. And previously to that, the media got people excited and say, Tabumbeki killed so many people because of his African potato experiments and his disagreements with HIV. And everybody was on board with that. And and so this is the, unfortunately, uh, the kind of deceptions that we are faced in this country with and around the world. And so it's very, very important uh, for people to be careful. It is very important for people to ask questions and to think critically. You see, you can, you, you, you can have people, you know, manipulated uh, psychologically by implanting uh, things deep inside them. And they think it is coming from a good place, uh, but it's not. They think it's their own idea, but it's a suggestion that has been planted in the mind. Now, since we're speaking today about, uh, you know, religious leaders, I want to give you this example. So if you have a religious leader who if uh, shaitan or one of shaitan's agents comes to him and whispers into the ear of the religious leader offers him money or whatever else that uh, the leader might, might they, they think he might want and offer him this thing and then say to him you know what um people believe you know we want to push abortion for example i'm an evil satanist guy and i'm bribing your religious leader to push abortion now, if your religious leader then stands in front of you and you sit there, you, you, not, you don't think you are listening to shaitan, you think you're listening to a man of God, etc. And so now he uses his creativity, goes through the scriptures and finds a way to convince you how abortion is not so bad and it's good and it's actually aligned in scripture, etc. And uh, before you know it, and without you knowing, you now have succumbed to a belief of shaitan. And before you know it, because you are in such a state of mind that you welcome whatever he says, you've internalized it. And now you find your own justifications for it and your own fight for this false belief that is in you. So this is the kind of sophisticated trickery these people use on the public. And I can assure you uh, they've done this successfully many times. Like I say, in the history of this country, before 
the Afrikaner people were very excited and wanted to defend apartheid because it was the only way to keep the black majority under control. Because if the black majority ever gets power, they will kill everybody and chase us into the sea. They got psyched up like that. Uh, and then, you know, 1994, if we can just get 1994 successfully, we get our freedom, everything will be good, got deceived like that. If we, you know, the Mandela presidency, we got deceived like that. If Mbeki uh, has to go because he's an AIDS denialist, we've got deceived like that. So we have to be careful. We have to understand uh, that these people use many mind control techniques on the public. And when you have, when you hold a position and everybody holds that position, you must ask yourself, what is going on here? Because oftentimes uh, the majority uh, position that is held uh, is usually the, mo the, the, the wrong position, unfortunately. People have the false idea that if everybody thinks like that or believes like that is correct, not necessarily. You know, right, listening to you, and I'm thinking about Tuli Madunsela, you know, our former public protector. And, uh, you know, she wrote something. Perhaps, you know, you can uh, comment on this and uh, we can end off. She says, okay, so South Africa is on the brink of total disaster. And she says, uh, you know, I can only ask the black population, what happened? What happened to this beautiful, prospering uh, country and its wonderful people that God had the idea of paradise? How did you sink to a stage where murdering, raping, looting, destroying cities, your neighborhoods, stadia, swimming pools, railways, and other transport, and behaving like uncivilized animals become norm in your life or normal in your life? There's almost nothing left. Yes, this is criminal uh, government has turned all its people from providers into beggars. But what is the reason that uh, blacks can turn to deeds like throwing rocks off the bridges onto cars traveling below maybe killing an innocent family for a cell phone. Are you even human or from Satan? Don't you think God sees that? How can you turn your neighborhoods and cities into rubbish dumps and live in filth? Look at your buildings and streets, and it's, uh, it is uh, you doing it, not the government. Even public toilets have a you know, feces on the floors and walls and even in the wash basins. Do you see any other race doing this? How can you vandalize and destroy railway stations, trains and buses that your fellow blacks desperately need for work to feed your children, etc., etc.? She made such a valid point, finger on the pulse, and she also castigated the government. We have a rudderless young population. Where is the hope for South Africa, uh, Raid? Perhaps, you know, tying up with what you are talking about, you're taking on these uh, one percenters, you're taking on these conglomerates. But there's a bigger situation. What is it that is making, uh, you know, allegedly making the youngsters into demons, uh, uh, Raid? Look, I have to, you know, respectfully disagree with uh, Advocate Tuli Madonsela that I think she's blaming the wrong people here. Uh, if he, and for that reason, I don't think she's got a good understanding of what is going on uh, in South Africa. Uh, and look. One, I want to say, you know, she played a very big role in the, uh, before I address the issue here of, of her statements and where I disagree with her, uh, she played a big role in getting the current president into office. Whether she, uh, she, she uh, did that consciously or not, I don't know. But if she didn't start with her, you know, her report um, saying that, uh, what you call this thing, that there was state capture, um, then we would not have this position now of the Zondo Commission. 
So she had a role to play, one, in demonizing uh, former President Zuma and ensuring that he gets out of office. That is part of the reason why she's, become, you know, she's so well-known and well-respected. I, I also, you know, uh, uh, you know, had that point of view, and I said, wow, this is a, she's standing up. Mm. And then I read her report, to be honest with you, and I'm not impressed with her report at all. Uh, I mean, in her report, she praises the media uh, for the investigation. And anyone who has even a little bit of understanding of South Africa's situation understands that the media is playing a very big role to subvert this country, to divide this country, uh, to bring all kinds of bad, uh, you know, to, to encourage homosexuality in this country. The media is trying to destroy this country. And for Tuli Maroncella to use the media in her report and to praise them is a problem. So she had a hand in the uh, fall of, of former President Zuma. She had a hand in the establishment of the Zondo Commission. And we've seen how the Zondo Commission has turned out. And she has a hand in, in the, uh, you know, getting the current president in place. So she also has to take responsibility of, of her role in where we're sitting today. And as far as, as uh, statements are concerned, blaming black people in this country, I think you must understand, firstly, uh, black people are not in charge of this country. This country is subverted. You must understand none of the values uh, that, you know, that is in South Africa, in, Bottom line, you know, I can go into detail, black people are not in charge of South Africa. They don't own this country. Uh, there are laws being made in parliament that uh, comes from the United Nations. So there is no way that the ANC has sat down with their constituencies to formulate those laws. It's crazy. <clears throat> our, economy, uh, our, our economy is fully controlled by usury and those who control the usury system uh, in the Reserve Bank and in the banking system. And from there, they have monopolies in the entire country. In our education system today, uh, who controls that educa Who controls the education of the youth? Who is responsible for the youth to be unemployed? Who is encouraging homosexuality, transgenderism, uh, all kinds of, of foreign beliefs onto the youth? Who is actively, uh, you know, encouraging disruptive people? So in, in the youth organizations, you have this, I don't even want to mention their names yet, but you have uh, you know, Julius Malema from the EFF and disruptive organizations like that who are encouraged, who are put on a pedestal uh, to mislead and to, to lead the youth astray. I must say that uh, I, I completely disagree with Tuli Maroncella that black people are not in charge of this country. They don't determine where this country goes. You can clearly see it. South Africa is under the control of the cabal, the globalist cabal, and they're leading this country into a direction that they want to. Look at the poverty, uh, look at the deprivation amongst black people and all people in the country. Uh, South African people are victims of, 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 of subversion. And uh, if Tuli makes such a statement, you know, we have to question what is her motivations? What is she trying uh, to do? Uh, because uh, by blaming the wrong people, it's not black people who are running the usury in this country. It's not them who are running the media in this country, who are running all of the businesses and all of these things. It's not them who is determining that COVID-19 is a global pandemic and she's completely wrong. Uh, and I wonder why is she making such statement to lead us uh, uh, to blame the wrong people and have scapegoats. Uh, it is quite wrong. I, I, I sound a bit passionate making the statement because I am, because I think she's playing a very uh, bad role, a negative role uh, uh, and using a pl public platform in a negative sense. Uh, and she's leading South Africans in the wrong direction. Is she doing this consciously or not? I don't know. But 
I disagree with her. In fact, I would like to applaud the people of South Africa, uh, black, white, etc., that despite unbelievable efforts being made to, to turn this country into an immoral, uh, homosexual, uh, deviant, uh, poverty-stricken, to, to, to do everything for more than 100 years now to destroy this country, the people are still standing with some shred of decency left. Uh, so we should actually applaud the people uh, and not to uh, further uh, try to denigrate them. So I, I disagree with her completely. Well, right. You okay? You telling me that could be a policy of deflection, perhaps mm, possibly, and uh, then you also tell me that uh, yeah, she could be part of uh, the conglomerate possibility. And uh, thank you for looking at it uh, with a critical eye. And uh, you deserve. Let me give you a mark here. Yeah, bring the paper here. Ten out of ten. You like it, right? Ten out of ten for you for that analysis. You saw it both sides, the head and the tail. Well, I tell you, when you and I talk, the time really flies. We have a few uh, minutes left, approximately two and a half minutes. Your parting words uh, this evening, right? Uh, brother. I want to say that uh, it is important uh, for people to understand. I, I haven't had a chance to explain uh, the other, but there are two weapons that are being used against us. We are in a war as a humanity, and we are facing an unbelievable evil. And this evil is using two weapons against us. The one is usury or riba. Uh, that, is the, the responsible, that, that is the weapon that is used against us economically uh, to get people into poverty, deprivation, the reasons why food prices are spiraling. All of that can be attributed to riba and the usury that is used against the people of South Africa and the people of the world. Uh, and those who are responsible for that are really responsible for this problem. Secondly, is lies and deception. Lies and deception is the other one that is used, the other weapon that is wielded against the people. So I'm asking people, please, please, uh, be careful, pay attention to these things, study them carefully, see what is at the root of the usury and who drives that, and then you will know the problem. See who drives the lies in the country and you will know the problem. And don't be confused, uh, don't be led astray, because this is all part of the war to confuse you, to lead you astray, uh, etc. Uh, so please be firm on that and ask the Almighty, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, to guide you. Because if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not guide you, you will be deceived and misled by these people uh, and you will be in a very uh, bad situation. So let Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us and uh, we must not be proud. We must not be afraid to speak the truth and we must not be proud to yield uh, to the truth. And that is why I am making this challenge to these religious leaders, because they have to uh, be the ones who are in the forefront of this. So I'm really asking them. Many people say, no, Ricardo, they won't come forward. I'm asking them, please come forward, be honest, be truthful, and let the people know. And all those who listen to this, I'm asking you, please spread the message and get the message to these religious leaders. And if you know them personally, tell them they have a responsibility to come forward and to come clean. Jazakallah uh, khairan for everyone listening to me and for the opportunity, my brother. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you uh, and bless everyone that has listened. Uh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
وعلیکم السلام ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ یس رائد مارمان ریکاردو مارمان بریلینٹ انڈیڈ اینڈ الحمدللہ از ہی سیڈ گیو دیٹ میسج اؤٹ اسپریڈ اٹ ٹو آل ان سنری یس کیپ اٹ لاکڈ آن ٹو مرکز صحابہ فار بیوٹیفل پروگرامنگ اینڈ لاٹ آف انفارمیشنل پروگرامز کمنگ تھرو تھینک یو ویری مچ لوکالو فار بریلینٹ انجینئرنگ فرام دا ٹیم اینڈ آئی ول میٹ یو اگین وی بڈ یو السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ